Well, among other things, I used to be a Boy Scout, and uh, I had a lot of fond memories with scouting, but some of the best memories that I made uh, were because of the friends that I had and the places that me and my friends got to go to. And chief among the trips that I got to make as a Boy Scout was to Philmont Scout Ranch in uh, New Mexico in 2013. And there were some pretty obvious highs to this trip, like actual mountaintop experiences, uh, because the base camp for Philmont was at about like 7,000 feet, but we would summit these different peaks at, at 9,000 and 10,000, even 12,000 feet. And when we summited these peaks, we could just see for miles uh, and miles around us. It was incredible to see. And for as great as these highs were on this trip, every trip naturally has some lows uh, as well. And one of the lows that I remember uh, just most vividly was a low that happened on day four of this trip when my friend Drew had an accident. We were coming down one of the mountainsides, kind of the trails that switch back and forth, and, and something on the trail kind of caught Drew by the foot, and he, and he twisted his ankle, and he, and he fell a few feet, and we just heard this, this gasp of pain from Drew. And so all of us, quickly, his friends, we gathered around Drew to assess the situation, and, and to be honest, we were freaking out just a little bit. Like, we were thinking to ourselves, like, all of us have our first made badge in, like, theory, but none of us know how to take care of this situation. Uh, the nearest base camp is not for, like, five miles in either direction, so, like, if Drew actually needs help, then we are not the ones who are going to give it to him. Um, but thankfully... In the midst of our crisis, one of our leaders, Dave, he stepped up and he kind of uh, knelt before Drew and tried to calm him down a little bit. And he looked Drew dead in the eye and he said, Drew, buddy, look at me. You're not alone. You're not alone. Your, your friends, your best friends are here with you right now. We're not going to leave you. We're, we're going to get you through this. It is going to be Okay. Uh, this, this pain is real for you right now, like you can feel it, right? But, but this, this accident does not have to define you or the rest of this trip with us, all right? Things are going to be okay, Drew. And in that moment, I was so thankful for Dave and for his wisdom because he, he was uh, one of the best leaders among us, right? But in that moment, uh, Dave was something more than a leader. Uh, Dave, in that moment, was simply being a good friend to Drew, he was being a good friend. He was leaning in, embracing Drew when something terrible had happened, when Drew had this new burden, this new weight placed upon him. And the reason I share that story with you guys this morning is because this morning we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a friend like Dave, to be not just a good friend or a great friend, but a brand new friend in Christ Jesus. We're going to ask the simple question, what does it take to be a brand new friend? And it should come as no surprise to any of us that our answer to this question will be drawn from uh, God's word from his scriptures, and, and this morning from Paul's letter to the Galatians in chapter 6. We read it just a moment earlier, but let's dig into it some more. Uh, Paul is, is writing to his friends in the church of Galatia. And as he writes to his friends, Paul is kind of trying to show his friends how to be good friends to others around them when life gets rough. He says to them, brothers and sisters, in other words, just friends, boys and girls alike, if someone among you, if a friend among you is caught in a sin, either, either caught in, in their own sin, that's kind of their own doing, or just kind of caught by the sin of this world and burdened by it, you who live by the Spirit, 
In other words, you who have Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, as your friend, should restore that person, encourage that person, embrace that person gently. But watch yourselves, friends, or you might also be tempted. And, and here's kind of the, the kicker, like the main idea for us this morning comes uh, in verse 2. Paul says this, if you want to be a brand new friend, here's what you do. Bear each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, you will be like Christ in his example of what it means to be a brand new friend. Just to kind of set expectations for where we're going the rest of our time together, uh, we're going to kind of unpack that phrase a little bit more. How do we bear each other's burdens as friends? How is it that we, because of Jesus, because of his, his gospel and how it's impacted us, how do we then become uh, better friends to our neighbors around us? Right? And the thesis for this morning is pretty simple. If you want to be a brand new friend, if you just want to be a good friend, there are two things that you have to learn to do. You have to learn to share your burdens with your friends, and ultimately, we have to learn how to submit our burdens to our best friend, who is Jesus, right? We're going to talk about how we share our burdens, but also how we submit our burdens, the things that weigh heavy on us, to Jesus, all right, that's where we're going, that's where we're going to be, and, and the first step in this kind of process of, of discerning how to be better friends is just to talk about sharing for a minute. And sharing should not be rocket science, especially when it comes to friendship, right? Sharing is caring, and especially with our burdens, sharing is certainly caring. We should share our burdens with one another as good friends, and sharing should always go both ways, right? I share my burdens with you, all the things that burden me, the things that make me weary and uncomfortable and tired. And then in return, you also, you share your burdens with me, the things that make you weary and uncomfortable and tired. And here's the hope. Here's what we want to happen when we share our burdens with one another. The, the hope is this, that, that the weight that we currently feel would be alleviated when we can share that burden together that we would be stronger together as friends than we would be alone, that we could find some consolation, some comfort in our friendships, but ultimately that we could find a sense of community, some people in our lives who kind of keep us grounded, who keep us steadfast and strong when life gets rough, right? And that should be pretty straightforward. Again, it's not rocket science. It's pretty simple stuff, right? Sharing is caring. But you and I both know... <laughs> that sharing our burdens especially is not always easy. In fact, a lot of us are kind of scared to share our burdens because we're scared of our burdens. We're scared of offloading the weight that we feel from our burdens onto somebody else, right? Because we know the weight that we have. We know how heavy the, that burden weighs on us. And the fear is this, that if we offload that weight onto somebody else, that the weight that crushes us will crush them as well. And if, and if we are kind of in a relationship that that weight would crush, fracture, break our friendships along with us. And that's a reasonable fear, right? That's a rational fear. It's something we've all felt at some point or another. But here's the thing about that fear. If that fear for you has any resonance with reality whatsoever... In other words, if that fear, if you sharing your burdens with your friends has the ability to break your friendships apart, I've got some bad news for you. 
that you've actually got some pretty weak friendships. Because strong friendships, healthy friendships, are supposed to be friendships that are actually meant to bear, to share one another's burdens, right? And, and here's the other thing. If you and sharing your burdens actually causes your friendships to break, one of two things is also true. Either you have a weak friendship because you have a bad friend, and someone doesn't want to share the weight of your burden, or you yourself might be a bad friend. And you don't want to bear the weight of somebody else's burden because it's inconvenient to you. And none of us like having bad friends. And none of us really like being bad friends either. We don't want to be bad friends. We want to be good friends. But we all know what it feels like to have a bad friend. We all know what it feels like to have a friend who lets us down. And, and here's the way you recognize a bad friend. Bad friends have this tendency of bailing on us when we're burdened. Bad friends have this tendency to bail on us either physically or emotionally when we're burdened. I'll give you a bit of an extreme example of this just so you can see uh, what I'm talking about. Let's go back to the story with Drew for a moment. Uh, can you imagine how it would be if we're coming down the mountain together, crossing the trails, Drew, he slips, he rolls his ankle, we're gathered around Drew, and we see the pain that he's in. We see the burden that he has, and can you imagine what kind of friends we would be if we looked at Drew in the midst of this situation and said, hey, buddy, here's a cliff bar and here's a pocket knife. Good luck with the wolves. Like, we would be the worst friends ever, right? Like, because good friends don't bail on each other when bad things happen. Good friends lean in to each other when bad things happen. They don't bail on each other physically, but they also don't bail on each other emotionally either. Let's play that out practically for a moment. Imagine you're just kind of in the break room making copies. You're in the break room, you're making copies, and then some coworker comes into the break room and you hear that familiar sigh. Just a... And that sigh is familiar to you. You know what that sigh means. Uh, you recognize it. And what that sigh means to you is that there is a conversation soon coming that you do not want to be a part of. Like there is a conversation that is about to be had with you, right? Someone's about to say something to you that you just don't want to hear. Somebody, uh, as well-intended as they might be, is going to level some burden on you. And that's pretty annoying, isn't it? Right? There are times when we don't want to be bothered, times where we just kind of want to get the work done, and when someone comes to us with their burdens, we feel burdened, and so what we do is one of two things, right? We either bail on them physically, we leave the other room as soon as possible, or we bail on them emotionally, we kind of brace for the impact of that conversation by putting up a wall, by putting up an emotional wall and just becoming emotionally unavailable, right? And, and we've all been on both sides of this situation. We've all been kind of a, someone who, who is a bad friend and someone who, who needs a friend. And, and I'll admit, like, like, both situations are uncomfortable, but one of them is significantly worse. Right? Because it is one thing to be annoyed. It's one thing when someone kind of brings a burden to you and you don't want to bear that burden, and that is burdensome, right? And you're kind of just trying to, to live your life, right? It's one thing to be annoyed, but it is another thing, something significantly worse. If you are the person trying to share your burden, 
trying to share your burden with someone, and you're the person who's being ignored. In that moment, how do you feel? You feel unwanted, you feel unloved, undesired, uncared for, and maybe at the end of that conversation, you feel just a little bit like, like strangely guilty or ashamed. Like you went to someone who you thought was your friend, and that friend turned out to be a pretty bad friend. Like, why did I even go to that person in the first place? No, good friends, they don't bail on each other physically, and they don't bail on each other emotionally when they see our burdens. What a good friend does when they see our burdens is this. A good friend will see you and your burden, and they will embrace you with open arms. And let's play that out, right? Embracing somebody, like not everybody's into hugs. It's not a physical embrace, okay? But it's, it's the thought of I'm not just physically present with you. I'm also emotionally available. I'm paying attention to you when you're talking to me. I'm making eye contact with you. I'm asking clarifying questions. I'm, I'm trying not necessarily to fix your burden, Right, because I'm not going to pretend that I can fix your burden, but I want to let you know more than anything that you are not alone. That's what a good friend does. They embrace you in the midst of your burden. They don't bail on you, and they simply remind you that you are not alone. But there's a difference, right? There's a difference between a bad friend and a good friend, but there's also a difference between a good friend and a great friend. And here's what that difference is. A good friend, actually, this is going to sound strange in church, but a good friend doesn't even have to be a Christian. A good friend, like this isn't rocket science again, a good friend simply embraces you and sees your burdens for what they are, but you don't have to be a Christian to do that, right? And you know this because you probably have some pretty good friends who aren't Christians. Right? You've got some friends who, who probably see your burdens, embrace your burdens, who want nothing to do with the church, who, who are ironically uh, better friends to you uh, than the friends who might sit in these pews. And that should grieve us, honestly, a little bit as a church, because as a church, we are supposed to be people who are set apart in our friendship. Uh, people who are a light to this world, a light to people who don't know Jesus, and our friendship should look a little bit different a little bit better. And we've seen that to be true in the New Testament. We looked at Paul's words just a moment ago, but even in the Old Testament, God had some words about what it meant to be a good friend. Uh, King Solomon in the book of Proverbs, right? He's talking about wisdom and, and laying out this wisdom for us and, and, and what it means to be a, a good father, a good husband, a good worker, all these things. But one of the things that Solomon talks about is how to be a good friend. Look at this, Proverbs 17, verse 17, Solomon says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother, not like a platonic brother, like blood brother, but just like your bro, your friend, a brother is born for hard times. In other words, the friendships that we have, biblically rooted friendships are not supposed to be fair weathered. They're not supposed to be friends who are with us when things are happy and shiny and good and friends that leave us when we're suddenly burdened and life is bad. No, they're supposed to be friends who, who lean into us and, and who embrace us. And more than that, they're supposed to be friends who ultimately lead us to the feet of Jesus. That's what a great friend does. A great friend will lead you to submit your burdens to the feet of Jesus. And the number one reason why they'll do this 
is because a good friend knows their limits. Not just a good friend, but a great friend knows their limits. A great friend knows the limits of their own ability to carry your burdens for you. They, they know the limit of their own strength and your own strength. And, and here's why we're so limited when it comes to bearing burdens, right? Here's what the scripture actually has to say about the weight of our burdens. That, that fundamentally, it is just bigger than any of us, right? Because the weight of our burdens, according to the scripture, all starts with this thing called sin. And sin is bigger than us. It's bigger than you, it's bigger than me, because Scripture says the weight of sin, the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is always death. And so if you want to be like, like the best friend in the world, like the best friend in history, you can't just be someone who shares somebody's burdens with them, but somebody who can, who can lift off the, the burden of death from them. And as good of a friend as you might be, as much as you love somebody and care about somebody and and try to say to them, guys, this is just a gut check and a wake-up call. None of us, none of us have the power to actually save somebody from their burden. A good friend is not somebody who tries to play savior. A good friend is somebody who knows their limits, the, the limits that they have because of their own sin, uh, but who will take you alongside of them and your burden, and, and you will submit those burdens to Jesus. Uh, because Jesus Christ is your best friend, the best friend, because he is the only one who has taken that burden of death on and actually beaten it. We want to release our burdens to Jesus. And that sounds like it should be easy, right? Jesus is a good friend. We can, we can trust him. We, we love him. We want to release our burdens to him. But remember that fear we talked about earlier? that fear of being kind of abandoned or bailed on because of our burden. Imagine that fear amplified times a thousand when sharing your burden with Jesus. A lot of us have this fear that as soon as we, we confess to God what our sins are, that he's going to kind of figure out who we are and, and just leave us to the wayside. That's not true. For starters, God already knows who you are. God already knows the burdens that you have, the weight that is on you, and, and you do not have to be defined by your burden. A lot of us feel like we are defined by our burden, like we don't just have weights sitting on top of us, but that these weights actually are a part of us. We begin to tell ourselves this awful lie that we are the burdens that other people just have to drag our weight around with them wherever we go. But guys, that's just not true. Your fundamental identity is somebody who has been bought with the blood of Jesus. And because of that, your, your identity, you are not a burden, you are a blessing. You are built to be a blessing, somebody who is, who is made to make this world better by virtue of living in it. Jesus did not make you, he did not make you to just feel like a weight on somebody else. You are a blessing to them. And Jesus went so far to show you what your identity is that he actually took your burdens from you. Like, like he separated you from your burdens. Like, like you are, are so far removed from your sin as far as the east is from the west, scripture says. Jesus took your burdens from you and he took them upon himself when he was nailed to a cross. 
the weight of your sin, your burden, and my burden, all of humanity and history's burdens were placed on Jesus in a single moment. And guys, the weight of that burden crushed Jesus. He died submitting to that weight. And then three days later, praise God, Jesus was raised from the dead. And the first thing that Jesus did when he was raised from the dead is he went to visit his friends. He went to visit his best friends, his disciples, the ones who had been kind of sharing their burdens with him during his ministry. And the first thing he did when he went to visit his friends is he showed them the scars in his hands. He showed them undeniable proof that he had borne the burden of death for them and that he'd actually beaten, taken care of that burden once and for all. And then after he showed them that proof, he made to them a promise, the promise of a best friend. He says this to them. He says, surely, surely I am with you as your friend always to the very end of the age. In other words, I am with you, friends. You are not alone. And you never will be alone. Why? Because I'm with you to the end of this age. In other words, this age is an age of burdens. It's an age where you will still feel burdened. The lingering weight of that sin in this world is something that is real, and it hurts. But at the end of this age, there will be another age, the age of eternity, where, where Jesus will finally, once and for all, remove those burdens from us. And when he does, we will have a rest like nothing else. And this is, it gets even better than that because this promise from Jesus to his friends, it's, it's not just for his friends in that moment, it's, it's for you and I, his friends in this moment. And this is just an echo of another promise that he made all the way back in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says this again to his friends, you and me, come to me. Come to me, friends, all of you who are weary and burdened. And this is my promise to you. I will give you rest. And that is a promise that we should take hope in because rest is something that you and I, when we're burdened, it's something that we desperately, desperately need. My friend Drew, he rolled his ankle on day four of a 12-day hike. And one of the first things we did after we kind of assessed the situation, what was going on, is, is we took off Drew's backpack, and we took everything that was inside of Drew's backpack, some 40, 50 pounds of it, and we divided it among the rest of us, like 10 other people. And so Drew still had to carry some weight, right? Still had to carry an, an empty pack and like a water bottle at his side, but Drew finished out the hike another seven days, another 50 miles, miraculously, with a rolled ankle. And I remember the last day of that hike, we got back to base camp. There were these big tents that they had set up for us, and inside of these tents, there were just the most uncomfortable cots you would ever want to sleep on. Like, like kind of cots that like make your back hurt the next morning or your neck hurt. I'm like, I'm only 15, why does my neck hurt? Like it's that kind of thing, right? But I distinctly remember we got back to those, those ugly tents, those uncomfortable cots, and, and we finally took off those packs. And we untied our shoes, we laid back, and we just rested. We just slept for 12 hours straight. 
literally from 7 p.m. the night before till 7 a.m. the next morning, we just were passed out asleep. And then the next morning, we had to get on a bus to go from Cimarron back to San Antonio. That was a 14-hour bus ride. And you know what we did? We slept. We did. And to this day, I don't know if I've actually had a better night's sleep. Because the sleep that I got then was the sleep, the peace of a burden being lifted. That burden finally being removed from us. And we were just so glad to be going home. Here's the gospel for us this morning. You might have a burden on your shoulders that nobody else knows about. You've got some burdens that you've shared with other people, but you might still have a burden that nobody else knows. But I wanna remind you of something. You have got some good, good friends in this place. Some good friends who want to share your burdens with you, who want to embrace you, to be present with you, not fix you, but just remind you that you're not alone. And not only do you have some good friends in this place, you have some pretty great friends. Because not only will they embrace you and your burdens, they will help you submit these burdens to your best friend, Jesus. And when you, and when we together submit these burdens to Jesus, here is his promise to us, his friends, that there is a rest waiting for you. You might have been going through the last few weeks, the last few months, even waiting for rest. Feeling like this weight will never leave you. Guys, here's the promise of Jesus. Rest is waiting for you. It's available to you right here, right now. Rest in the arms of your loving friend, a savior who gave everything to bear your burdens for you. Amen.